This podcast is brought to you by Don Green at the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Greg recently had the pleasure of interviewing Don about a newly released book by the Napoleon Hill Foundation entitled Wishes Won't Bring Riches. Please listen to podcast number 680 with Don Green as they discuss the two most important elements that Napoleon Hill discussed with Andrew Carnegie, applied faith and enthusiasm. In Greg's interview with Don, they discuss how applied faith encourages all that is right and fear encourages all that is wrong. You will be inspired by listening to podcast number 680 with Don Green, the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and for more information about the Napoleon Hill Foundation, please visit www.naphill.org. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. Joining me from, where are you joining me from, Jeffrey? Charlotte, North Carolina. Jeffrey is an author of many, many books, but he's the author of this brand new book that just came out October 30th called Truthful Living. Um, it's the first writings of Napoleon Hill. And Jeffrey hooked up with our good friend Don Green at Napoleon Hill and got this uh, going. And it is really, I'm just going to say to my listeners, this is a book you're not going to want to miss. Go to Amazon, pick it up, buy it. Um, and, and I interview a lot of people with books, Jeffrey. Um, and the layout of this book is tremendous. The quotes um, for everyone, you know, I don't usually plug right up front, but I'm going to plug right now that you'll want to get this one of, of Jeffrey's book. He's a New York Times bestselling author, 13 books on sales, attitude, personal development, including the sales Bible, the little gold book of yes, attitude, 21.5 unbreakable laws of selling. I got to figure out what that 0.5 is and the award-winning Little Red Book of Selling, uh, which has sold more than 5 million copies worldwide and was featured as an essential work in the 100 best business books of all times. In 2016, four of Jeffrey's books titles appeared simultaneously on Wall Street Journal list and a first in history of the paper. He's a contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine, along with many other business publications, Jeffrey's been featured speaker for the largest companies in the world for 20 years. Uh, and for my listeners, you can find him at two locations, www.gitomer.com and this Gitomer Learning Academy, which is www.gitomerlearningacademy.com. You and I have a personal friend, Don Green. He's the director and the foundation director for Napoleon Hill. This is yes, Napoleon do. Hill's writings. And I'm always amazed at some of the old writings that, that they keep finding at Napoleon Hill. Um, Don and I go way, way back. But this is over 100 years old. What compelled you to want to author, co-author this book with Napoleon Hill, other than the notoriety that uh, Think and Grow Rich has sold over 100 million copies? Um, and, and the foundation, um, and get these writings out to the public, Jeffrey. Well, here's, this is the challenge. I've had a relationship with uh, the Napoleon Hill Foundation for about 15 years. I've been publishing, that most people don't know, I've been publishing their newsletter for the better part of that time. And I publish it pro bono. I don't charge them a nickel. So I've built a very large list with that um, newsletter that, I, that 
the Napoleon Hill Institute uses. And this is a, an opportunity, literally, for me to take the first writings. Napoleon, when, when the foundation found the writings, they offered it to me. And they said, hey, not to have, but simply to edit slash annotate. Well, it was a course on selling advertising. But at the end of each lesson, Napoleon Hill write an, wrote an after-the-lesson visit with Mr. Hill. And those lessons were all about personal development and attitude because Hill knew that if he was going to teach somebody how to sell, they had to have a great attitude. They had to be a great person. And so I extracted all the sales stuff and I just left what would be the foundation for all of Hill's writings for the rest of his life. And it had never been seen before. There's stuff in here that doesn't exist in Think and Grow Rich. And oh, they, I don't want to say it doesn't appear. It doesn't appear with the same wording. It doesn't have the, you know, it was 20 years then before that opus was written. So this is 1917, no television, very few airplanes, very few paved roads. If you wanted to go someplace, you took a train. If you wanted to go to the bank, you took out a blank check and wrote it and they checked it again. There was no computers, no nothing. And Hill wrote about what to do in those times. And he talked about distractions. So think about how we are distracted right now. It's unbelievable. You know, our phone dings more than, than, than it rings. And Hill's writings were very fortuitous. He was telling his readers, now our readers, what to do and how to do it at a time when there were very few distractions, but it still works the same. This book is 100 years old and brand new. And, you know, I don't yeah. I don't like I don't like to say this. I don't like to say this book is life changing. No, it's life altering. It will take what you're doing, challenge you about your thinking about it and enhance whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's achieve a goal or listen better or spend your time or invest your time a little bit better. Whatever it is you're trying to do, this book will make it better. And and most certainly it does. I mean, Again, I plugged it right up front. I'll probably plug it a few more times here, uh, not just because of Don Green and the foundation, but the really, the way it has been designed, and I look at mm -hmm. book design, it is probably one of the best book designs that, that I've seen. And I literally get four and five books a week from publishers that want me to do wow. interviews. So That's cool. I, I commend you and the people at Amazon and all the folks for doing a great job on this. Now, you feature 23 lessons in The Truthful Living, and during our interview, I'd like to cover some of those lessons. Not going to be able to sure. cover all of them. We just don't no, have the but time. That, but listen, I've, if you want them all, you just go to Amazon and buy the book. Right, right, exactly. That's and what it, I'm going to tell the listeners here. But it's what available we are gonna, in every – just by the way, it's available in hardback, Kindle, and audio. Right. So right. no one can say, well, it didn't come the way I wanted it. It'll come any way you want it. <laughs> exactly. So let's just start with lesson one, which is success okay. is up to you. And you state that above all things, remember that all work of this book, the thoughts for the realization, the mental demand for success must proceed, not follow practical outward effort. How would you advise our listeners about keeping success and the vision of that success in their mind's eye, Jeffrey? 
you're a sales trainer. So you're trying to actually inspire people all the time to do this. So here's the deal. 20 years later, when Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich, he changed the order of things. And he began the book with the words, thoughts are things. What he said in this book was success is up to you and you think about it, think about it, think about it, and then begin to do it. Everything that was ever invented, a sewing machine or a steam engine, was a thought in somebody's mind. Edison thought about the electric light bulb for years and then finally invented it. And when Hill says success is up to you, what he's saying is, dude, you're responsible for your own actions. And those actions are created by your thoughts. And what he really meant was thoughts become things. That you think about it, think about it, start to do it, do a little more, do a little more, and lo and behold, it becomes something. So he's saying you focus in on yourself and your thoughts and recognize that if you're trying to be successful, dude, it's up to you. No one's going to come to your house with a big check. No one's going to, you're not going to win the lottery. So invest your money someplace else and put yourself in a position where you can succeed. And that's basically what chapter one does, but it's followed. And I don't want to get ahead of you, but let me share this with you because it's, it's very congruent. He then is what you chapter, start. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. In uh, chapter two, he says, dude, you're thinking about it. Frickin' finish it. And right. Right. Those two things. Well, let's talk about that, Jeffrey, because, okay. because look, people, my listeners, doesn't matter. Your listeners, my listeners, you do your own podcast show called sell or die. I, um, yeah. And, and the reality is, is just, let's just use that as an example to get something like this done takes a lot of work, a lot of planning, a lot of organization. You've a got lot. to can't just go get the book and review it, right? You got to finish it. I'm using this as right. an example. So, how many people have we heard got to the 80 yard line on the football field and just went, oh man, and going to give up? It's a little this too hard a good right idea. now. It's raining, right? I ran out of money. Yeah. People right. get to the right. 20 right. Right. and can't score. So, in part two, why do so many people quit just before they cross the finish line? because they don't know they're about to cross the finish line. That's it. They get discouraged by other people. They get discouraged by their other, by other things that they're needed to do at this moment. And they get off track. One of the things that Napoleon Hill has as a common thread through this book is the word concentration. We know it today as focus, but what Hill says is when you dig into something deeply, and you put your attention to it, you focus on it, and you focus on that one thing until it's done, then you can win. And if you lose your focus, if you lose your concentration, if you lose your direction, you're not gonna make it happen. And he says in the, in the second chapter of the book, do it, finish it no matter what happens. I, I, I have a saying, and I don't mean to offend anybody in the audience, but, I don't end a goal with a period. I end the goal with a comma. And then I put, even if your ass falls off at the end of it, so that it emphatically becomes something that you can understand. Like I'm going to make five sales this week, even if my ass falls off. There has to be some kind of directive that says, hey, I'm going to finish this no matter what. And these are the actions that I'm going to take. 
and he takes it from finish what you start. And he, then he talks about how to make the plan, how to take the daily actions. Everything that you need is in this book to be able to make yourself a better person. And I'm more yeah, and it's, and it's a lot and it's a lot fewer pages than uh, Think and Grow Rich. So you've you've actually condensed it. You've made it for the modern man, which you actually mm-hmm. comment about. And you're saying, hey, look, everybody here is distracted today. OK, great. I'm going to give you a book that's going to be super easy to read. It's going to be available to everybody in every different application. Put it on your download it, listen to it on audio, whatever. The point is is that if you take the 23 principles and you apply these to your life, it's going to make a significant difference, even if you take some of the principles. And so the next one is this lesson five, the value of self-confidence and sincerity. Let's address writing words of sincerity because that is something that's addressed in the book. You state that teaching the emotions through the use of words depends upon what is in the heart and not upon what's in the brain. How would you advise the listener about becoming a little more self-confident and sincere in their writing? And here's the deal. Everybody's writing an email every day. And all those emails are really, a lot of them are misinterpreted, right? No, a lot of them are just crap. uh, They're crap. But the point is, is that we use that as a form of communication so much, billions of emails every day. And so many people misinterpret it. doesn't matter what writing it is. What advice would you give as somebody who's been on this planet for a while, written a few emails in your day, what to do, not to do, to come up with this more sincere approach? There, there is, um, if someone's saying, well, I'm not a really good writer, go out and get the little green book of getting your way. It contains how to write. But there's a foundational piece. And the foundational piece in these first five chapters is how you believe in yourself. Self-confidence comes from self-belief. And I personally have broken it down into five parts. You have to believe you work for the greatest company in the world. You have to believe that you offer the greatest products and services in the world. You have to believe you're the greatest person in the world. You have to believe you can differentiate yourself from other people who do something similar to you not compare yourself to. Comparison is price, differentiation from is value. And the final piece, which if the other four pieces are not in place, there's no sense in dealing with the fifth piece. But the fifth piece is you have to believe that the customer is better off having purchased from you. And you can't believe it in your head, you have to believe it in your heart. Head is attached to price, heart is attached to wallet. If you jerk on the heartstring, the wallet comes popping right out of that back pocket. Now, for those of you listening right now, and you have a young child or a young grandchild, I would ask you this. What's their closing ratio? And the answer is... 100%. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. So, (laughs) because they ask for things emotionally. Yeah, and, you have a great little story in the book about those two little boys with the peanuts and the right. uh, what was the other one? I thought that was a great story. Was that Hill's story or yours? Hill's. I, here's the thing: it's that's important. I, I meant I was I I wanted to make sure I remember this. Thanks for reminding me. I did not change one word in this book. I anything that I added is in my typeface, so I Got put it. a beginning, yep. I put an ending, mm-hmm. 
And occasionally there needed to be some interpretation in the middle, but I wrote Gittimer's thoughts. I put my annotations in. I wouldn't dare change Napoleon Hill's words. The only thing I added in all of his, in all of his writing was an occasional comma or a period. That's it. Yeah, and they, they probably wouldn't let you change his words. Well, no, it was up to me, actually, and I made certain I stayed authentic to Hill. And that way, nobody's going to say, well, what do you think Hill meant? Like, no, no, what he said is what he meant. Yeah, no. You, you don't, it, if, it need, it, if it needed modernization, I put it in different typeface. Well, and you did a good job. I mean, again, it is italicized when people get this book. The layout is very clear. It's very evident. These are short little chapters. You can pick this up and read it almost anywhere. And again, I'm kind of repeating myself, but I think when you do these podcasts, you never know how long somebody's going to listen. So if you're still listening now, you know, pick this book up. This is one to definitely get. So number six is let ambition be your master. You state, or Hill does in the book, that ambition is the mainspring of life. Uh, but we must keep it wound up. This podcast is brought to you by Kelly Palmer and David Blake, the authors of a new book entitled The Expertise Economy, How the Smartest Companies Use Learning to Engage, Compete, and Succeed. Please listen to podcast number 683 with Kelly Palmer. As Greg and Kelly explore the importance of continual learning in the workplace today, as well as creating a culture of corporate learning, Long gone are the days when a four-year degree guarantees job security. Listen to podcast number 683 with Kelly Palmer as she explores with Greg how the workplace of tomorrow will learn, engage, and succeed. For more information about Kelly Palmer's new book, The Expertise Economy, please visit www.expertiseeconomy.com. Thank you for listening. Now, as a sales trainer providing advice worldwide, what advice would you give to these listeners right now about ambition? Because look, that is a key factor. We'll talk about the law of harmonious attraction here in a second, but what, what would you say about this one, Jeffrey? If you're looking to execute chapter two, finish what you start, and you're not ambitious about it, ambition is the fuel. And Hill, Hill states it, several times over as to how important ambition is in your life, but you can't finish what you start without ambition. It's plain and simple. And he puts it into a, into a, a state where it's so easy to understand. It's so simple to do. It's so challenging yet achievable. And you do it with affirmations but when the, the title is chaptered, let ambition be your master for a reason. You have to wake up in the morning and want to do it. You have to wake up in the morning and have such deep drive and such deep desire that you begin to manifest ambition in the first 15 minutes of the day. It's plain and simple. It is, it is plain and simple. Now, actually connecting the dots inside the brain to make it happen are a little more challenging, but I think, for yeah, people... but uh, listen, Hill has a quote, let him, ambition is a contagious thing. Mm -hmm. When you show your ambition, it becomes attractive to the other person. They go, wow, that guy's really ambitious. So maybe I should do that. And that's how it works. It, it does. Ambition, uh, intuition, 
drive, motivation, uh, inspiration, whatever you want to call it. You need mm -hmm. to have all of those characteristics in this. Now, this number 11 lesson is something I think is really important. You know, and you commented in one of your actually podcasts, the law of harmonious attraction, not the law of attraction. You know, we all Correct. heard about the law of attraction. Well, the law of attraction of is this, not something that's very definable. Yeah. And Hill speaks about the psychology of salesmanship and tells a really good story, which I was just saying a second ago to articulate the point. It's the story about Jimmy and Knapp. Jeff, mm -hmm. can you tell the listeners this little story and the big moral of this story? Well, the, here's, here's the overall challenge. And I think this is something that people don't get. The story itself deals with people that are trying to do things and win just a little bit. How one person did it and didn't get it. And how one person did it and did get it. But when you're looking at harmonious attraction, what Hill says is go out and find people that are kind of like you, that are successful people, and use them as a toehold to get to the next level of successful people. Because if you are alike the other person, if you have the same kind of attractiveness as the other person, you're going to be harmonious with that person. And that's basically what the law of harmonious attraction states. It says, find people that are like you, work together with them, and they will help you get to the next level. It's the person that tries to do it all by themselves, shuts out the other guy. That's the person that's not going to make it. And it's such great advice. And I think, again, there's 23 lessons in this book. We're only covering a few of them, but this one in particular, number 11, is really important because no uh, yeah, man is an listen, island. No man's an island, right? We all got to work correct. together. And we got to find people who resonate with us, who vibrate at the same level, who really get who we are and we get who they are, right? And let me throw one other thing to this. The, when you hear the law of attraction, it's not as easily definable as the law of harmonious attraction. Hill, by adding one word, defines it. Like, I, have to, I want to attract people that I'm in harmony with. Why would I not want that? Why would I want to attract somebody who's an idiot or a loafer? Just that simple. You wouldn't. And I'm sure that you and your business, I looked at the profile of people that work with you on your team, and Pretty you work scary. very hard to, to get yeah. people who make Jeffrey more than what he is because they're pretty smart people. Now, lesson 15, imagination, desire, enthusiasm, self-confidence, and concentration. You go, hey, well, that's just uh, six words. Well, nah, six nah, important nah, nah, words. Nah, 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 nah. In right. your insight, you state that over 100 years ago, Hill was speaking about mental drive before computers. You said this at the beginning, before airplanes, smartphones. What words of inspiration would you? Are you there? Hello, hello? We, we got cut off just a little bit. Uh, what advice are you going to give go. regarding those words those of words. wisdom from Hill? Uh, let me yeah. throw this at you. Hill did not say these words as individual words. He said them to be connected. So 
If you have imagination but no desire, nothing's going to happen. If you have desire but no enthusiasm, nothing's going to happen. If you have imagination, desire, and enthusiasm but have no self-confidence, nothing's going to happen. And if you have all four, imagination, desire, enthusiasm, self-confidence, but you don't focus on it, you don't concentrate on it, nothing's going to happen. So what Hill is saying here is you have to combine these elements in order to be able to extract their full power. And that's why this book is so amazing, because lesson number 15 um, dovetails into Another very powerful lesson, and I don't want to get ahead of you, but I'm, I'm going to throw it at you to, it just to make sure. Is it the great magic key? <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it is not the great magic key, but the great magic key is part of it. Yeah. The great magic key is, is the word concentration. So what Hill is saying is here's the five things. Oh, and here's how you absolutely get to these five things and other things by adding, by putting the, the words together and adding the word concentration, that's the key element. That's the secret. That's the power inside of this book. I want imagination. I want desire. I want enthusiasm. I want self-confidence. But if I don't concentrate on them, it ain't going to happen. And so well, as, he actually, as you he know, actually Jeffrey, wrote, as you know, in our world today, at the pace people are moving at versus 100 years ago, the yeah. concentration levels and the critical thinking skills, which have actually been proven, have diminished so much, um, yet we're expecting so much from people. This magic concentration, which is really the great magic key that's in, in that lesson number 18, um, right. what, what would you tell our listeners to help them um, actually improve their ability to concentrate because we're so damn distracted. Hill defines it perfectly. He defines it as a chief major aim. If you have one thing that you're trying to do, don't distract yourself from it and do other things. You don't need to multitask. You need to task. And you task until it's done. And when it's done, then you can move to the next thing. Concentration or focus has to do with not being thrown off of your of your trail, not being thrown off of your path, not being thrown off of your of your personal direction and directive. So there are there are elements here that are so foundational and fundamental that people might overlook them because their phone's ringing and somebody or somebody texts them, or they get notification on social media or notification that they got an email and they stop what they're doing, and it ruins their entire flow of work their entire flow of thought and their entire flow of completion. Think about that. So the great magic key, actually Hill wrote a book in 1945 called the magic key and it's an entire book on concentration. So when you're done with this, maybe that's the next book that you should buy in the, in the series or in the process. Well, there, if they go to naphill.org or just go to Amazon, it doesn't matter where you go. Exactly. Uh, but Naphill is the place you want to go to do some research. So I'm going to plug it, www.naphill.org. My good friend Don Green at the foundation does an amazing job with the content that gets and constantly trying to make it current, like what you're doing here with this book. And I think oh, yeah. that, you know, you've done justice to this is, Bringing it current to this modern age, let's face it, it's, it's not going to stop. 
We're just going to keep moving forward. But the principles here are still the best. And this brings me to the five-point rule. Hill reminds the reader that we will get out of these lessons exactly what we put in in time and persist in effort. Jeff, Jeffrey, what are the qualities that make up the five-point Uh, I'm going to I'm going to read two short paragraphs just so that your listeners can have a full understanding of this, because I'm going to enhance the process that I just challenged you with, which is combining all of the elements. Hill says success may be had by those who are willing to pay the price. And most of those who crave a ten thousand dollar a year position. Now, remember, that's 100 years ago. So in today's world, that's like a quarter of a million bucks a year especially if they are engaged in business, may realize it if they will pay the price. And the price is eternal vigilance in the development of self-confidence, enthusiasm, working with the chief aim, performing more service than you are paid for, and concentration. With those qualities well-developed, you will be sure to succeed. And let's name these qualities the five-point rule. Now, what Hill didn't say, you can only, you know, he, he didn't say do one or the other. He said you got to do all five. And you got to concentrate on all four. That's the secret. And if you combine your goal with providing more service than you're paid for, and you combine that with, um, with your enthusiasm and your self-confidence, you're going to win. You're definitely going to win if you stay focused on it, if you concentrate it, on it. You, you certainly will, Jeffrey. And let me ask you this. You know, we've covered uh, quite a few of the lessons, but as we told all of our listeners, just go get, get the book yeah. or download it or get it for your Kindle. Or yeah. you just go to it. Amazon. But and the hit, point is If you go to that, Amazon today and hit Truthful Living, you're going to – it'll pop right up. Oh, totally. And, you know, again, not to beat the dead dog to death here, but you, whoever designed it, amazing design, awesome design. You're going to probably see more copycats out of this book than you've seen from any. And so, Jeffrey, uh, what words would you like to leave these listeners with, not just about the book, but if there was one, look, you've talk to thousands of people you've had workshops and seminars and you put them on and you get people that are glassy eyed out in the audience and you get people that are super engaged. What's one thing that you would give as a bit of advice for somebody been on this planet over 70 years? What are you going to tell them? In chapter one, when Hill says success is up to you, he's giving you the 30,000 foot view when you get all the way down to the ground, success is about what you think about and your attitude towards it. And if you follow the words of the late great, the words of the late great Earl Nightingale in his, in his famous speech, The Strangest Secret, you become what you think about all day long. You'll understand the value of this book. But when you buy it, I'm going to give you the formula for reading it and taking full advantage of it. First thing to do, read every full page quote. There's about 55 of them. 
read every single one of them, skip around, get to the full page quotes. So you have an idea of the essence and the power inside the book. Then read the book from cover to cover. Then read it again and tear it apart. Pick out those things that you think are most important to you, tear the pages out, stick them up on the wall, put them on your bathroom mirror, do things that other people are not willing to do with their time and their effort, and you will win. That is about the best advice I think anyone could give anyone. And Jeffrey, I want to thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth and taking this time to share a little bit of your wisdom, a lot of Napoleon Hill's wisdom about this book called Truthful Living, First Writings of Napoleon Hill uh, by Jeffrey Gittimer and, don't forget, Napoleon Hill. And for all of my listeners, we're going to put links to Amazon, but I'm going to also put links to a couple of things. Jeffrey has a learning academy, so you would go to www.gogittimer.com. You can learn more about Jeffrey at gittimer.com as well. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show. My um, pleasure. Jeffrey. My pleasure. And I really enjoyed it. I'm sure my listeners are ready uh, to do this. I think in every public school, this book ought yeah. to be required reading. I agree. Um, I so, totally agree. And it should, it should start with kids in grade school and go up from there. So let's see if we can put that in our vision and make that happen, Jeffrey. I'm going to do it. Thank you very much for your kind advice and your the opportunity to share with your audience. Appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by Matthew Fox, Skylar Wilson, and Jennifer Barrett Lustig, the authors of a new wonderful monkfish publication entitled Order of the Sacred Earth. Please listen to Greg's interview with Matthew Fox on podcast number 682 where they discuss the need for people to awaken to the environment and climate change issues that are affecting our planet. Where most westernized people have been so heavily dominated and alienated by religion, patriarchal government, and a materialistic, consumer-driven, extractive capitalism that we have lost our sense of sacred living landscapes that we inhabit and that inhabit us. I hope you enjoy podcast number 682 with Matthew Fox. And please, visit the book website at www.orderofthesacredearth.org. Thanks for listening.